felt like being quiet for a minute. That's unusual for me. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Well, I want to welcome everyone watching by television. It's great to have you here at Springs Church. Welcome to Springs, and I hope you enjoy the word this morning. We have been on a series in regards to the heart, to the miraculous, and to faith. I want to make a couple definitions before I start, because defining a word is everything when it comes to a conversation. For example, I'm going to refer to the word heart in this message often. What do I mean when I say heart? Well, you got to have heart, miles and miles and miles of heart. That kind of heart kind of means be strong, keep it going. We use heart for, you know, your physical organ. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, it's she just got her, she wiggled her way into my heart. is the way a boyfriend might talk. I'm not talking about that kind of little love. Today when I use the word heart, which you'll find all through the Word of God, I am talking about the control center of your life. There is, you are a physical body, yes, you are a soul, yes, you've got a spirit, but the Bible continually refers to this part of you called the heart. It is so misunderstood, so misunderstood. Psychology senses it and calls it the subconscious has no ability to define it, but it can really notice the hurts and the heartaches that come out of it. The Bible teaches us you can think with your mind, or in Proverbs, you can think with your heart. It says what you think with your heart is so powerful that as a man thinketh in his heart, that's how he lives. Not as a man thinks in his mind. So, whatever desires you have in your mind, whatever you think with your mind, whatever you want with your mind, whatever dreams you have up here you'd like to fulfill, none of them will. The hardest journey you will ever have in your life is 18 inches from here to here. Leon, you're getting discouraging me already. <laughs> no, this message is going to help you. Now, when I use the word faith, if we get to this today, what do I mean by the word faith? Because everybody uses that word differently. If they say, hey, what faith are you? You could say, hey, I'm Muslim, I'm Hindu, I'm Lutheran, I'm Roman Catholic. You could say, well, have a little faith. That just might mean in the economy. That just might mean have a little faith in your kid, your, your marriage. Have a little faith. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. I'm talking about Bible faith, and whenever the Bible has a word, you always let the Bible define the word, not the dictionary. And so faith, as I talk about it, means this. Faith is when your heart is persuaded about something. It's not an amount. It's not trying to get enough faith till God hears the bell go ding. He pulls the string and the miracle hits you. Okay, Faith means persuaded. And it's either you either are or aren't. There is no real in-between. Once your heart 
gets persuaded, it is an instantaneous molding together of feelings and emotions and passion and power. Bam! It just happens. Okay? Now, I want to talk a little bit about your inner life. You see, as I studied the disciples, the miracles and the amazing things they did, like Peter walking on water, like every one of the disciples raised the dead, all of them did. Read it. They healed the sick. They cast out devils. They would go out by themselves and be whipped and beaten. I mean killed and raised from the dead, shipwrecked off of ships, floating through the shark-infested waters and still keep going on their journey. I'm talking heroic, beyond belief, amazing people. There, It says there in Hebrews that women would lose their husbands and bring them back to life themselves. That's a wife and a half. And then it says others would say, no, I'm going home. And they wouldn't take any kind of healing or resurrection. They weren't going to be with Jesus. We're talking about New Testament people that are stunning. Something's different about them. And I got to thinking a little bit over the last while as I've been meditating on this series. And I began to recognize something about our modern culture we need to be aware of. You see, there's two kinds of life that you are always going to be building and cultivating. The first life you will be building, organizing, managing, and cultivating uh, is your external life. You know, what kind of makeup did you put on? What kind of foundation today? And uh, what did you have for breakfast? And what are you going to do right after church? Some of you are just sitting there. You're so impatient with me that if you could just finish it quick, download it, because I want to rush to my car. I'm going to rush home. i got to rush to my easy chair. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush. Life's no fun. All I really want to do is live and die. And I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Just rush, 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 rush. We've got every invention in the last couple hundred years is to help you do things quicker and faster. All the inventions are in your outer life. And so we live our lives from in our house we got big screen TVs and chairs and coffee makers to make it quicker now and microwaves to pop it faster now. And then when you get done with the TV, you run downstairs and play some Nintendo or you shoot some pool. When that's done, you go out in the yard and do a couple laps here. Our life is go, 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 go. Oh, we are working at developing our outer life. Grab two weeks for holidays. Go camping. After camping is done, rush home. Grab a weekend somewhere over here. We're going to go for a movie. We're going to go to a concert. We're gonna go to, and just, oh, we are working. Working at our outer life to make it everything we dream and want. Put some money aside, spend it and enjoy it, and then put some. I'll go, 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 go. In the last hundred years, the inventions have been phenomenal at helping us have more fun, do more, go more, uh, etc. But it has absolutely devastated us when it comes to our inner life. The Bible calls it the inner man of the heart, the Bible calls it the hidden man of the heart. The Bible talks, my father used to always preach messages about establishing your heart. The earlier disciples and the Christians in the early church 2,000 years ago came from a culture 
In fact, many of the cultures back then, not even Christian cultures, you could pick on uh, different religions, spent a lot of time cultivating the inner life. Today, we have a bizarre situation where the world is more prosperous than it's ever been in the first world. You've got more things, more fun, more prosperity, more people, more homes, more comfort, uh, better medications. We, we, should, we, we ought to be at peace because it, the life is so not dangerous. Where in Jesus' time, you could have been killed in a second by a Roman soldier. You could have been attacked. Wars were everywhere, even more prolific than they are today. What is it about us that today fear, depression, anxiety is destroying people? It's not because of our external circumstance. How can a man today take his own life because he can't pay a few bills and his wife's mad at him, and a man a couple thousand years ago was fighting every day to keep his wife alive, but just trying to find some food on the table. And he wasn't as stressed then as the guy going from his Mercedes to his house to his office to whatever today. What's going on? And so I've got a hypothesis for you. I believe we have a whole nation, a world filled with people who have never learned to cultivate the inner life, never learned to cultivate the inner man of the heart, the hidden man of the heart. And the Bible teaches us that what's in your heart blows out of you. Your entire future is in this power center called your heart. Today, as I'm speaking to you, my voice is going into this little microphone and it's hitting an amplifier. Once it hits the amplifier, it blasts out and covers this room really well so that everybody here can hear me. But right now, there's no way I could speak to you effectively without the use of my voice hitting an amplifier and the amplifier blasting it through speakers all through the roof. You can see them, there are white ones sitting up there. If I flip my microphone off, I'm on my... But did you know that this voice being amplified to you into this auditorium in just a few days from now is going to be amplified all across the province by television. Then it's going to go all across the nation. It's going to go around the world, bounce off satellites. It's going to hit, go floating out of websites and streaming and podcasts and CDs just because it's being taken and blasted out. That's what your heart does with anything you put in it. Your heart was given to you by God. It's a design. It's to take you and make you supernatural. The miraculous is not kind of a leap of faith when you don't know how to do it. Jesus kept teaching us all through the Word how to get the miraculous to work. It's all through his stories, and it's all through his analogies. It's all through the allegories. It's all through the metaphors. He's teaching you and I that we were created in the likeness and the image of God not to be an average, normal, boring person walking the planet. But you were created to do something great. We've got to have an understanding of what is going on deep inside this inner life. Now, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9 to 11, it says, There remains therefore a rest to the people of God. This is the kind of a rest that you can enter, it says. For he that is entered into his rest has ceased from his own works 
as God did from his. Do you know what's nice about preaching today is I don't have to shout. Now, my dad was from a different generation. My dad did camp meetings and street corners and open fields. And when he preached, he didn't need a mic. Okay? And he, he had lungs that would blow it out. I mean, he, we'd preach on street corners when I was 12, 13, and they'd hear him inside the bar over top of the band. So I, I literally, when it comes to preaching now, can enter a rest and cease from my own amplification because the amplifier is doing it for me. All I'm saying is that today in our world, people are so busy. They're so trying to make their marriage work, their kids work, their boss work, their body work, find workout time, and uh, i got to find time for fun. i got to time find this. That people are coming against me and turning against me, and I'm worried about this, and I'm worried about that. I haven't had any fun lately, and what's in it for me? And it's life just gets, oh, I'm and uneasy, and I'm anxious. And I'm, and I'm, do you know that that's not the way God's designed you and I to be? Listen to me. If you will deal with your heart, the capacity of your heart will increase. It'll get bigger on the inside, and you'll handle more with the same peace and the same joy. Inside, if you will establish your heart and begin to go to work influencing and cultivating this heart, this heart will rise up with such power that you will have joy, unspeakable joy, and full of glory joy in the midst of what would bring the average man intense depression you'll have joy. At a time when peace is so hard to find because everything is so unsure, from finances to health to marriages to homes to kids, that you will stand and walk through valleys and shadows where you were at peace, such a phenomenal peace that people look at you and go, you are either looped or you've got something I don't have. This peace can only flow in your life from a heart that has been cultivated in peace, planted in peace, nurtured in peace, and it grabs that peace, and it blasts it everywhere into your life. You can walk through a life of phenomenal prosperity, run 14 companies, deal with seven different boards. You can at the same time have 10 kids, and you and your wife enjoy holidays. And you think, how can a guy like that handle? Isn't he going crazy? No, his heart is so established in peace, so established in the Word of God. It is so powerful on the inside that God's super is coming into your natural and it's radiating off of you. When you establish your heart in the Word of God, not only do you need management skill to equip your mind in how to manage the kind of life you lead, but you will walk through it all and all that anxious and stress and nervousness and chicken littles that are screaming into your ear that would make the average person on edge all day you'll walk through and sense she's right he's wrong baloney i don't believe that don't stress out i'm not even going to worry about that that we'll deal with that right away that's our first on the priority of business today and with confidence and calm and power and victory you'll walk through your life you'll walk through your house with your four kids screaming and one's teething and one's on the potty and one just ran down the street and the other one's in school and thinks they're an expert and you're going and it's not just reading the books and watching the nanny. Those are very important. <laughs> but if you'll spend time in God's Word, not just reading, 
if you'll grab it and eat it, if you'll grab it and cultivate the heart, if you'll bring the Word, the Spirit of God's job is to lead you into all truth. And where He leads you into all truth is to establish the belief systems of the Word here. Just here. It's not deep enough. Just here. And it's not going to help you much. That's where it's got to go first. But it's got to get here. Listen to the way this sounds. Verse 11. Let us labor to enter the rest. What? Let us labor to enter the rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Listen to me. You will never be able to succeed and be blessed in life because the more blessed you are, the more freaked out you're going to become if you don't establish your heart in the Word of God and the wisdom of God. Oh, you're having a bit of a problem running your business. Well, let's just hand you five trucks and 17 teams and millions of dollars to believe God now and a payroll. And we're going to find out real quickly if your capacity is able to handle what's going on. This thing called heart is an answer for every person here today. You young people who don't know who you want to marry and beautiful women are walking by you all the time and you've fallen for the wrong one before or, or you're a girl and you're trying to meet a guy and, and, and these guys, you, you know, how can you really separate the jerks and the frogs from the real princes? And I'll tell you how. You establish your heart in the Word of God as a single, and you will become strong. You will become full of joy. You will become at peace, and there's no rush. And that peace and that strength and that joy in you will repel the wrong guys and attract the right guys. It'll help you read that guy down flat. He doesn't want your hand. He wants something else. And you'll be a whole lot further ahead. There is this thing called the heart. There is a rest that you and I can have in doing this, this God life, the big life you desire, the kind of marriage you want. It's going to take you changing. It's going to take you bigger and better, the capacity huger. It's going to take peace running through you day in and day out. It's going to take joy that just radiates off of you. That You just go home, kick off your shoes, and joy radiates out. You're even fun just to have sitting on the couch. And there's others that there's just a flatness about them, an emptiness about them that you get around them and you just feel flat being around them. What should we do? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Anything you want to do, I'm easy. Well, you know, this doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, me neither. When you begin to cultivate your heart and deal with your heart, there begins to grow a passion and a life on the inside. It says labor to enter that rest. In 1994, I'll give you an example. When Sal and I came to Pastor Springs Church, um, I was horribly deficient as a leader. Not, and, I, and I'm deficient today. But I began to spend time with God like I never had before. I would grab my devotion time, and I would begin to bring the Word of God inside of me, and I would begin to believe and, and get the belief systems of my heart to believe for a great... And the more stressed out I got, I'm still believing for more people to be reached. And then, and then the more come in, and they, they're, they're even more stressful, and then more coming in. You better be building the capacity of your heart. And it's not just Bible principles 
I remember when I was being trained as a paramedic, and I spent time in different books. My devotions would be in the morning, and the Bible says the Holy Spirit's job is to lead us into all truth, right? We all think that only means Bible devotion truth. So it kind of looks like this. <gasps> Get up in the morning, crack the books. The first is the Bible. The Holy Spirit shows up, gets all over me, and just leads me to the beautiful truths about Jesus. I close the Bible and grab anatomy and physiology, and the Holy Spirit just leaves. Is that going to happen? No. He'll lead me to the truth I need here, too to be a man that can walk the streets and save lives. And when I crack open drug interactions and, and first-line drugs and cardiac arrests, he doesn't just leave. He's here helping me to learn and to grow and become the best. Do you know you've got a coach? That the Spirit of God is to coach you and lead you and guide you. And that if you do not begin to cultivate the inner world, you are going to spend your life trying to fix everything out here. How do I handle three kids? How do I handle this husband? Well, how do I handle my mother-in-law? How do I handle the money and the bills and the things that we need? I'm going to handle church and volunteerism. And, and, ah! They're all easy to handle. I can show you people handling 10 times that much with peace and joy and management and great life. It doesn't come from how you organize the outer life only. It all starts in how you've handled the inner life. What have you cultivated in here? What's going on in this powerful control center called the heart? If you want greater peace, greater joy, greater power, greater capacity, then here's what you're going to have to do. Now, when I begin to pastor, for example, I begin to read from probably 1994 to probably about two, three years ago. I averaged a book a day that I would read. Now, you'd say, well, that's impossible. I could never do that. I'm not trying to impress you or make you compete with me. I'm just showing you that there was no way I could do that without first pouring something in and getting it into my heart. I spent so much time in the Word reading and, and keeping it growing because I knew that in order to go to the places that God was preparing Springs Church, that I had to establish my heart and plant it in my heart first and get it in here. Because out of your heart flow the forces of life, the springs of life, the things that you need. Now, in the, in, in the centuries past, people had time to cultivate the inner life. What were you doing? You'd be out plowing the field in most of Canada and America, and plowing was from sun up to sundown. And while you're plowing from sun up to sundown, you're thinking there was no stereo in your ears and no 50-inch uh, TV back home, and, and she wasn't watching the soaps in that shack. She'd busy making soap, washing clothes by hand, putting them up on the line. They're working hard. But in all that they were doing, they had this ability to meditate, to think, and to bring in what they wanted. When you find somebody who has an established heart, you've got a person at complete peace. You got a person, doesn't mean that stuff's not pushing at them, but when your heart is established, it causes everything else in your world to begin to change. When your heart, when you begin to be faith-filled in any area that you have a faith, which is a complete assurance, that area will begin to flow together. Oh, attacks can come and things can happen, but you are confident. You are confident. You are completely confident it's going to be fine. And because of that, you walk with a peace that radiates off of you. And this heart releases the forces of life into that situation. So today we've got a world filled with things to do. And every invention that mankind is doing is just trying to get us 
just trying to get us to be busier working on the outer life from our microwaves to our two-second coffee pots to everything is fast 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 Daniel prophesied that the last days would be when man when man moves to and fro over the earth quickly and knowledge is growing at an alarming rate you know that the problem with knowledge is that there's so much knowledge today not one person could ever begin to be knowledgeable in all the areas you can't even keep up in the books in your area of expertise if you are a doctor you already know that from every country in the world there is new things and new findings exploding out of there if you're involved in electronics or computers you can't even keep up to the periodicals and the the magazines and the writings that are out there it's a knowledge explosion but knowledge isn't where it's at if you don't take that knowledge and God's Word and begin to feed it till it establishes and it begins to determine what goes on in your heart in Mark chapter 4 in verse 26 Jesus says this now I want you to rethink all you guys who know the Bible so well have learned it a certain way and anytime someone else preaches on it you slip into the rut of the definitions of the words you've always known as today I want to tell you a story this story that Jesus tells is how the kingdom of God works in your life it's how to get miracles it's how you can begin to see miracles in your finances your marriages your relationships your healing in your body here's what Jesus says in Mark 4 verse 26 and on is the kingdom of God works like this a man casts seed into the ground and then he goes to bed and then it says and the seed grows he doesn't know how isn't that interesting he goes to sleep he does something he plants the seed and he goes to bed and the seed grows and he doesn't know how while he's sleeping it's producing did you know the heart is not like the mind the mind will shut itself down to a certain degree for sleep time and erase a lot of the stuff it heard and did during the day the heart of a man is going night and day because Jesus teaches us that the soil in this parable the soil in the, the, the soil in this analogy is the heart and that this thing inside of you called the heart the control center of your life even while you're sleeping is producing something now some of you wake up so sucked out negative unhappy depressed because during the night your heart's been producing it well Leon I'm a Christian the soil does not recognize the type of seed it is just designed to grow it so is your heart if you my grandpa owned a logging operation and they would go cut logs and they'd dump them in this great big tank I don't know what was creosote or whatever the mixture of tar and stuff was so that when they put those logs in the ground they wouldn't rot now the reason those logs rot is because the ground tries to grow anything you put in it you put in a rock and you lift that rock up it'll be moist and wet with water and nutrients at the bottom of that rock as the grounds try to grow that rock it don't know the difference it wasn't designed to go oh weeds back off it wasn't designed to go this is a pea patch don't grow that thistle 
the ground grows absolutely everything you put in it. You drop a pole in the ground, that pole at the bottom is going to be moist as the ground tries to grow it. Jesus is saying, your heart is the soil and everything is growing. Therefore, there are three gateways into your heart. What you hear goes into your heart, what you see goes into your heart, and what you say is going into your heart and is the greatest planter of stuff into your heart. Now, We've all become a generation of people that we know it's not real, so it's okay to watch it. And, and we look, listen, and say anything we want and think it's going to have no effect on us. But the fact is what you look at is being planted and, and, and grown. What you listen to is being planted and grown. What you do is being planted and grown. Like when you lie, you hurt the heart. When you do sin, you think, well, God forgives me, and so everything's going to be okay. No, no, you, you got you, you, you to back ass words here. I got his attention. When you sin, God still loves you, but you are destroying your ability to produce in that area. So a teenager thinks, oh, a little sex is okay, my boyfriend's cute, and my husband in the future will never know. He doesn't have to ever know. The soil of your heart is what all that is sinking into. And I'd hate to see the harvest years down the road. Sin's not an issue of God's going to get you or nail you. The sin you're committing, you're not going to feel the harvest today. No one ever does. It's rare. But everything you do say, hear, and see is hitting this powerful thing called heart. So that little white lie that nobody got is not a big deal because God will forgive you. Oh, I understand. But what you don't understand is that to lie is to influence your own heart. You confuse it. James 1 says that you can deceive your own heart. How crazy is that? By law of averages, there is somebody sitting here right now who lies, tells the truth, lies, tells the truth, faithful cheat, faithful cheat, pays taxes, doesn't pay taxes, good friends, crazy friends. Your heart's so screwed up, you don't know what's coming out of it. That's why you feel so conflicted. Can, James says, can a, a fountain blow out bitter water and fresh water at the same time? No. This is a phenomenal teaching, folks. It's right at the very basic of this Christian life that everything flowing in your world is coming out of you, whereas most of us feel everything in our world is coming at us. So we blame the big bad devil. Now we know he has wiles and he's smart. But did you know that when they teach about the devil in the epistles under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, he teaches you the only time the enemy will succeed is when you give him a foothold. That's it. He can't succeed. So he tempts you with your own lusts. He tries to get you into pride. So this message of getting God's word and getting it in your heart not just your head. But see, this takes time. This journey from here to here takes time. And if you won't pay the price, you won't decide your future. Everybody else will. 
if you don't do the work, nobody will. Pray all you want. You can't have a good marriage till you grow it in your heart. Pray all you want. You won't have the family you desire and the kids because what's coming out of your heart is influencing them far greater than what's coming out of your mouth that's not coming from your heart. Are we okay today? Are we, are we getting this? Am I okay? Are we point by point? So then the, the hugest thing you can do is to make a decision to take the controls back of your life. And I'm going to decide the kind of life I have. You say, well, Leon, you said I'm responsible for what goes on in my life. You will be after this message. You might not have been up till now because your parents have formed your belief systems, deep core belief systems. There's somebody here right now, you're not going to make money ever in your life. I'll tell you right now, you're going to be poor. You're going to work 14 jobs. You're going to go from job to job. You're never going to be able to pay your bills. Whenever you get ahead, it'll get slammed right back down. And you're never going to prosper. And I'm going to tell you why. Because although you desire it with your head, you've never done the work on your heart. And all the negative things your daddy and your mommy told you about rich people and all the preachers that used to tell you that rich men can't go to heaven and all the stuff you've heard and the judgments you've made are all in there and until you begin to meditate on God's word and what it really means behind those verses and clean that out although you desire to send your kids to college although you desire to be able to afford holidays like everybody else seems to be able to do and you can't it's not because you're not as smart as everybody else it's not because you're not as good as everybody else it's not because God hasn't blessed you it's because you won't do the heart work too lazy to do the heart work. You'd rather go work a second job to make the money than to grab 30 minutes a day and change this so the job you've got will produce 10 hundred fold. Your belief systems are killing you. What's beautiful about the Holy Spirit, what's so amazing about the Holy Spirit, is Jesus said to his disciples, you ain't going to handle everything I got to say. <laughs> so I ain't going to say it now. But the Holy Spirit's going to come. And he's going to guide you into all truth. You're going to do greater than things that I've done. You're going to do what I do. He's going to guide you in it. Oh, man. Well, I really don't think the church has arrived there yet. Do you think that? No. Therefore, and I don't think it's because of a lack of of teaching different versions of the Bible. Man, I think what God's been dealing with me on for years is that the heart, establish this heart, and you will begin to take control of your entire future. Your future is established in the foundations of your heart. Okay, I'm not, I wasn't going to teach on this today, but I'll just say something, and I'll let you chew on this. My personal belief, okay, is Leon now, is not that God has got seven billion arms and he's watching every little widow, every little child, every grandpa, every grandma, every little two-year-old boy's prayer, and if they get their faith right, he pulls a string and the prize drops. I don't even think God's involved. Leon, that 
that's sacrilegious. Now, 2 Peter chapter 1 says you've been given all things. That's like me getting mad at the sound man at the back. Would you get me a mic? Oh, get off your butt. Get up here and get me a mic. What's wrong with a stupid sound man? Uh, you're wearing it, sir. I want a mic right now. Uh, the mic's taped to your face, attached to your shorts. Like, come on. But if I believe, because I can't see it, I, I don't know where this mic is, I'm blaming, if that's my belief system, I'll spend the rest of my life, you know, you know who wrecked my life? Sound man. You know what makes my life hell? It's a sound man. God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. And then he goes on to say in 2 Peter chapter 1, and the way you can manifest them is through his divine promises. What does that mean? That means you take these promises and that you feed on them and you load them up into this amazing, amazing laser beam, gun, producer, feel, whatever analogy you want to use. And as it gets into your heart, this thing starts to gear up. It's right off the map and it begins to produce and it affects things. Really bizarre. Some of you scientific people who love the science and that, go to the Google uh, and just Google quantum physics. Google the quantum field and you'll find that it's probably the greatest supporter of the miraculous teaching of the Bible is, is, is that science. As they say things in there like uh, all subatomic particles are controlled by intelligence. That when they measure these things and they do tests in a closed environment of subatomic part, the second somebody comes in and observes, they all change. They now believe that everywhere we go, that our intelligence, that our life, and I'm not trying to create any new doctrine, I'm just showing you how religious we get sometimes. I was reading another article that when they put a, um, is it ECG? button on your head. You know, they put all these buttons on your head and they take your brain waves. They now don't believe it stops at your skin. That electromagnetic field of the brain goes past the skin. I've read reports that believe the heart as it's beating and it's got this SA note on the heart that sends off that, that shock. And you get that PQRS on your graph. And it does it just stop at the skin because that's where you sense it with, the, with the, the wire lead? Or is it going past? And they now believe that, that you and I are affecting the world around us. They, they believe that the DNA of your body, if your daddy and your grandpa and your great-great-grandpa handed you a bad set of kidneys, that your DNA can be changed by the belief systems that are going on on the inside of you. We know that people go into search. Smart doctors won't operate on somebody who's really, really petrified of dying. They won't. I was there when one died on the prep table of the OR. Just, and she was telling me as I'm starting her IV, I'm going to die, I know I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I know I'm going to die, I'm telling you. I said, chill, chill. I looked at the OR slate, I said, you're just getting routine surgery, man. Oh, no, no, I know I'm going to die. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to her, and I hear this, alarm's going off, and she's going into a death rhythm. I called 99 right away. They rush to the room. They quickly bring her back. The doctor walks in. These were his exact words, because I was working in the OR that day. What's going on here? And uh, they said, well, she just, 
He said, it's impossible. We've checked her out. We've done 12 lead stuff on her. She's in perfect health. And, but then he looked at the strip, and uh, he said, who was here with her? I said, well, I was. He said, what happened? I said, you know, I was just starting her IV, and she started freaking out that she's going to die. She's going to die. She's going to die. She said, I will not touch this woman. She rolled, take her out. I'm not touching her. There, our beliefs, our fears, our control. Now, we know right now that if you're a fearful person, you're going to have generations of fearful kids and grandkids. Just, we've just got to understand that our life is not in this little vacuum, that God's designed you to radiate his power, his strength, his glory, his peace, his joy, and everyone around you is going to feel the same way. There's a transference off of you and I. My time is getting up. Meditate on God's promise. Let me, let me give you this before I, I stop. How can you read the Bible differently? How can you create a moment in each of your days where you're not just reading it? Because you can have a desire here, doesn't mean you're going to get it. You can have a thought here, doesn't mean you're going to get it. How can you get a hold of God's Word? Because God's Word, according to Hebrews 4.12, is designed to go so deep into you. Remember I said that you got to get the word from the shallow to the deep. The hardest journey you're going to have is the 18 inches from your head to your heart. This is what it says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word that God speaks is alive, full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged scalpel, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of the soul and the immortal spirit. The deepest parts of the nature, of our nature. It is exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Listen to me. What's so wonderful about God's Word and the Holy Spirit is that when you read God's Word, ask the Holy Spirit for help. And as the Word of God begins to come in here and it begins to get into here, the Word of God begins to fill it up, and it sorts, and it sifts every belief system you've got, and it cuts it out, and it begins to grow the right one. It weeds out the thorns and the thistles and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and that are choking your harvests out, and it begins to go to work in your heart, creating beautiful black loamy soil, and the Word of God begins to stay and grow rich, and all of a sudden courage and prosperity and healing and blessing and a passion for God and a love for people and, a, and an exuberance, a peace, a joy you never dreamed possible and a live feeling you never knew you'd ever had before begins to rise up inside of you because the Word of God is that alive. If it's God's words, how alive is it? One of the words for the word word in the Bible is the word sperma. God's sperm is the Word of God. Whoa! Hitting your heart, the womb of your heart, and igniting life on the inside of you. The early church had this figured out to such a degree that when Peter walked down a street, if you got close enough for a shadow to touch you, you'd get healed. Now either the Bible's one hork and lie or that happened. Either when they said that when Paul hit the island that they would just, while he was preaching, they just put handkerchiefs on his body. And they'd pull the handkerchief off his body and say, hey, you couldn't bring the sick person here? Go lay this handkerchief on his body. And they'd walk this thing to another village and lay it on a sick person. He'd start getting well. Either this is a book of witchcraft and stupid stuff, or something 2,000 years ago was going on in the life and the heart of believers that we don't see much of today. 
got to be careful. But All I'm going to say to you is, take a hold of God's Word. Look at your spouse. Say, babe, it's my 30 minutes. Well, your 30 minutes is next. You watch the kids. Find a quiet spot. Turn off your iPod, your 50-inch TV. Turn off the ringer on your phone. Turn off the house phone. Shut down every interruption that's going to destroy your ability to determine your future. And sit down and say, Holy Spirit, guide me, please. And if you're struggling with secret sin, and it's destroying your life and you can't quit, as you read the word in Psalms 119, verse 11, that says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might stop sinning. Meditate on that. See yourself standing before the cross of Jesus Christ as he dies and becomes sin for you. And instead of you believing that that sin owns you and controls you, see that sin coming right off of you and sticking to him like a big pile of mud because he took it and see his power flowing into you. Meditate on that verse. See yourself growing strong. If you're here and you're sick, believe in God for a miracle, you and speaking and, and, and confessing, take a hold of the verse. Find some verses on healing. By whose stripes we are healed. Recognize the disease. Maybe see yourself standing before the cross. Sickness and the disease that's owned you for so long from allergies to heart, kidney disease. You just see that smile on Jesus' face as it becomes his. You see his life flowing into you. Take God's word and meditate on it. Now, can I just read you a couple things? I wrote this down. I just want to get this off in this message. You persuade your heart with the Word of God, and His Spirit will help you. And then your heart begins to control your life. What happens in your heart is what connects you to your miracle. Not what happens in your head. What happens in your heart connects you to your miracle. Believing this faith I'm talking about, it's not an intellectual happening. It is something that occurs at the heart level. This is involved but means nothing as far as faith and miracles until it occurs. That's why you can't doubt in your heart, Mark eleven twenty two. It is something that happens so deeply that it will affect the way you think and it will affect the way you feel. When your heart is persuaded, your emotions come into line. When your heart is persuaded, even your thought life will begin to come into line. It is easier to believe it's done, to feel it's done, to laugh because it's done, because your heart's persuaded. If your heart gets persuaded, it alters the way you see yourself. To get your heart persuaded, it happens instantaneously and without effort. What do I mean by that? I mean, you'll study the Word, you'll listen to great teaching, you'll study the Word, you'll spend time each day, you'll come to church and hear the Word, and the thing that you're trying to persuade your heart of, one day it'll just flip the switch. Bam, and it's there. You can't even explain the steps to get there. This faith, this believing, it can be grasped, but it can't be learned. It can be caught, but I can't teach it to you every little step and guarantee you're going to be there. It can be experienced, but it can't be learned. 
How would you teach your daughter if it's love or not and how to fall in love? Can you do that? No. Now, we can teach you what to do once you marry that person, how to make that love grow. But this issue of, and the same is true for this thing called faith. We've got all this great, and I've got great teaching and steps and points to help you in all the areas of life. But with this issue of the heart, it is going to be your work of getting before God, the Spirit of God teaching you. Most won't do the work. And most will be in the same seat struggling with the same things when I'm 85 and preaching at you. And others will be raising up phenomenal families and generations of kids and financing missions by the millions and billions and knowing what it is to walk in a crazy world and not just run one company but five and walk through the boardroom and the systems at peace and easy because inside of you flows peace. Inside of you flows joy. While everyone else is dying of heart disease and cancer which stress causes almost all of them, you'll live long because you dealt with your heart. Oh, I am so lit up about this message. I haven't got to my notes yet. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the beautiful, beautiful revelation of your word. I ask that you would touch everyone here with this message. That, Father, they would make a conscious decision to daily persuade their heart, to daily cultivate that hidden man of the heart, to daily grow, to allow the Word of God to cut out misbeliefs and to grow in the beautiful beliefs of God. Help them to immediately obey the Word because that helps them to develop their heart quicker. Help them to honor the Word and never go against the Word. Father, I'm believing you for a church filled to the gunwales with believers who walk in the confidence and the peace and the miraculous abilities that you've placed inside of every person here. Father, from that hurting single mom to that addicted man, to that grandpa or grandma who've given up on doing anything significant, wake us all up and help us once again to allow the Holy Spirit and us to equip our hearts to become the control center of our life in a positive direction. Every head bowed for just a moment. Something I've said today has touched and hit a deep chord. You're here and you're not sure that you're a Christian. Maybe you were invited today or discovered the church on your own. You're just checking us out. But today as I've been speaking, something is stirring deep inside you. And you're even scared to admit it. That is God's presence calling you to his family. He wants you in his family. He wants to bless you and help you and help you sort out some stuff and be and dream all the things that he's placed in there. Today I'm going to close my message down in a powerful prayer, so powerful that when you say it with your mouth, that you mean it, God's going to write your name in his family book and his presence is going to come inside of you. His Spirit will guide you on a journey more exciting than anything you could imagine as He helps you to cultivate your heart into the most exciting, exciting producer of miracles you could ever imagine. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, or today it's time to get right with God, 
before I pray and lead everybody in this prayer right from your seats, if you want to be included, I want you to do something. Takes a little bit of jam. Open your eyes, those who want to raise their hands, and just give me a wave until I see it. Say, Pastor, include me in that prayer, and I'm going to include you. Thank you, sir. Others, just give me a wave. Right where you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you back there. Thank you up here. Over there, thank you, thank you. Two back there. Awesome. Over here, anybody going to give me a wave? Thank you right there. Thank you back there. Two back there. Three. Awesome. Thank you, thank you. Others, give me a wave. Thank you in the corner. Wonderful. Others, just give me a wave. Yeah, Pastor, today, I want to get right with God. I'm giving my life to Him. Thank you. Don't want to miss you. Thank you at the back over there. Thank you over here. Thank you back there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Beautiful. It's amazing what God's doing in hearts this morning. He loves you so much. The plans he has for your life are beyond anything you can dream or conceive of, the Bible says. But you're going to need him. All right, let's all of us together pray with these wonderful people who raised their hands. Today is about to change forever and go down in eternity as the day they entered the family of God and got right with him. Prayer goes like this. Let's pray it out loud confidently. Father, in Jesus' name. I give you my life. Please come into my heart. From today and on, I want to follow Jesus. Thank you for the strength to change every day, every year for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. That's how easy that is. He is now in your life. Praise the Lord. This decision you just made has brought his presence into you. You might not feel it or you might. But today and on, you will need, now, with, now that his presence is in you, as you go to work at reading the Bible, getting out to church and hearing like you did today, Something's going to take place deep inside of you. It's going to empower you. You won't recognize yourself in a few weeks or months as you continue to discipline yourself to come out and hear the Word, study the Word. Now, we want to help you out with a few next steps as to what to do now that you've raised your hand. So would you do these two things for me? On the white card on your seat, introduce yourself to me. Leon.